stressful. Dating is nerve-wracking. It's fun. When it's fun, it's I'd fun. I'd say that Eye-opening. in a way it's healthy. Enlightening. It can be awkward. I, I think I've learned a lot about myself. It definitely takes work. And interesting. Exciting. I think it's exciting. Exciting. The worst part of dating is dating. Hey everyone, I'm Chelsea Ray and this is Kay, the podcast all about dating. I'm very aware that I suck for not being able to give you an episode in November. Juggling two jobs and a full-time class schedule is killing me. I don't recommend it. So since I dropped the ball in November, I've split this episode into two parts. That's right, more great interview material in a two-part series. In this episode, part one, we're talking about online dating. Part two is all about online dating experiments, so you definitely want to check that one out too. Okay, here we go. Our society has progressed from personal ads and blind dates to mobile profiles and dozens of minutes spent Googling prospective dates. In fact, from 2009 to 2014, the number of online daters has doubled, counting 5.62 million people in the United States. And mobile dating apps especially are being used by more than 60% of online daters compared to desktop sites. Although, Match.com and eHarmony have been transitioning to mobile versions of their desktop sites to keep up with this growing trend. Match.com, in its first 10 years of existence, gained over 4 million users by 2005. And mobile apps like Tinder and OkCupid are dominating the dating scene today. OkCupid claims to produce over 40,000 dates every day, while Tinder has an estimated 50 million users and is worth between $750 million and $1 billion. This industry is booming with growth and expansion. Daters between the ages of 16 and 34 make up the majority of dating app users, and more apps are being developed every day to keep up with the user demand in an attempt to change the dating game and make it more unique. But why is dating so popular online? Putting aside the obvious advances in mobile technology, the relational aspect of online dating has actually really increased. A recent survey revealed that many people feel that online dating can expand their dating pool in general, it can give them the ability to pre-screen their dates, and it makes initial conversation a lot easier. In fact, the main reason that people use online dating is to utilize all of these advantages in order to find someone with similar interests, hobbies, values, and beliefs that fit into their busy schedule. Because, let's face it, you can easily match with 10 people in 15 minutes on Tinder while only meeting one or two prospective dates in five hours at a bar or a social event. And it seems more and more common that dating apps and websites are leading to more and more long-lasting relationships. According to a psychologist from the University of Chicago, a third of the couples who were married between 2005 and 2012 in the U.S., met through an online dating site. Even Tinder, an app known for its casual hookup reputation, is churning out marriages and engagements between people who hashtag swiped right. Which brings me to my first guest. By the way, I just want to warn you that there is explicit language in this episode. You even hear the F word a couple of times, so if you have children around, I'd listen to the episode later. This is Meredith. She's a 22-year-old college grad working for a social media agency in Chicago. Meredith is in the midst of an experiment that may sound crazy at first, but it's been one of the most intriguing ideas I've ever heard. I'm a writer. So how long have you been um, writing? Like, how long has that been your passion? Uh, I think I honestly started writing 
in seventh grade. And it was like the only thing I was good at. I was terrible at sports, terrible at math, hated science, but I really liked to write. And I have this, as my parents would say, very active imagination. So I always was coming up with stories. And that's kind of, it's always just been around and, you know, things come and go, but I'm always writing. So what kind of writing have you been doing now? I blog and um, I write about my experience with Tinder. Okay. So what made you want to start writing a blog about Tinder? Uh, when I, okay, so my boyfriend broke up with me. So he's my ex-boyfriend and it was, we, I tried to get back together with him like a few days later. I was just, maybe he was, I thought he might've been just kind of in a bad mood and it was just me hopefully thinking he could talk it out. And he just was like, I woke up and I realized I didn't love you anymore. And I was like, okay, that's that. Writing has always been cathartic for me. And um, I wanted to get right back in the game dating. And the I had never experienced Tinder. And I get on Tinder. And I have the worst date. And I call my friend afterwards. And I'm just in tears. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just, like, can't date. Maybe I'm going to be, like, single forever. And she was like, no, that's hilarious. And she just started laughing. And she's like, you've got to blog about this. And that's how the Tinder experiment was formed. So when you started this experiment, what were the terms? One year, all dating, no relationships. Um, He can sleep over at my place. I can't sleep over at his and there are no phone calls. Okay, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Tinder, it's a free dating app. Launched in 2013 by a couple of college guys, it took the college party scene by storm, and by 2014, its users were swiping on average 11 times per day at 7 minutes per session. That means that Tinder users were spending over an hour and a half of their day swiping and chatting on this app, within one year of its creation. It's crazy. All of this action is probably due to its easy-to-use interface and quick setup. So it only takes a few seconds to download and start using, pulling information and pictures from your Facebook account to build an online profile for others within your desired area and age range that can either swipe left and dislike your profile or swipe right and like your profile. And you can do the same to them. If you and the other person both swipe right on each other, you've matched and you can start conversing through the app. Whether you decide to chat or meet up after matching is totally up to you. Since all you need to do is simply swipe right or left, it can become incredibly fast-paced and sort of like a video game. Trying to reach the next match or keep your mind active on a commute has never been easier. And it's kind of fun, too. Tinder is just easy. It's Kind of like a game. You just, every night when I'm about to go to bed, I would just swipe right or swipe left. Or if I was on the bus, I would just swipe right, swipe left. So it's just really because of ease and because everybody's doing it. You know, everybody's on Tinder. Who's not on Tinder? Okay. So you started using Tinder 
you had this awful date and your friend told you to blog about it. So did you, what did you do after that? Go on more dates. How many more? I think I've been on 25 first dates and I got dumped uh, in August. Okay. So it's been almost three months? Almost three months. And you've been on 25 first dates? Yeah. Okay. Any second dates? There are second dates and there are third dates. Rarely fourth dates. But so no potential relationships came from this experiment? There was like, I don't know how you define a relationship. I think that was probably part of the quest was to figure out how I defined a relationship too. Because I thought I was in a very good relationship. And then I kind of came into Tinder and I just played the field. And I realized how much fun it was to be single. And then there's, you get into dating and seeing boys more than once, and all of a sudden they want to date. And I had to like face that issue of what do I do? Do I break my experiment or, you know, stay in a relationship? What has been the worst Tinder date that you've been on? Oh God, there's so many. Um, this guy and I were supposed to meet at, um, at a bar and he found my apartment came up to the door and knocked wouldn't leave my apartment i'm sorry did he have your address no so you never gave him your address and he just showed up he showed up and then he it was so weird we like awkwardly i thought we were gonna go to a bar and he didn't want to leave my apartment he definitely wanted to get laid and um at the end, I like basically kicked him out, and then he tried to kiss me, and I knew it was bad because my cat attacked him, and my cats never have attacked anyone, but they literally like clawed his leg, and I was like, get out, and he just stood in front of my door for a few minutes, and then left. So it was oh a little scary, God. but yeah, it was pretty bad. Have you heard from him since? No, he knew. Like, okay, well that's... That's good. At least this guy didn't turn into a stalker. What is wrong with people? I know. That's I know. creepy. I don't know. Okay, so I think this goes without saying, but just in case you're not aware, please, 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 for your own safety, whenever you do go out on dates with someone that you've never met before, do not give them any personal information, like your address or your last name or anything that could help them find out where you live. Because just like what happened to Meredith, and I'm sure she took the necessary precautions, someone could easily find out who you are, where you live, and come find you. And luckily for her, it didn't end violently. But just be safe. Protect yourself. Protect your information. Don't do anything foolish. So Meredith and I continue to talk about Tinder. The good dates, the bad dates and everything in between, and despite all the scary stuff that happened and all the bad dates she went on, there were a couple of good ones, and she said she's actually really enjoying the experiment. So I asked her how all of this got started, and we started talking about setting up her profile. 
and what she did to try to encourage a ton of matches. And this is what she said. So my sister set it up for me. Okay. She took my pictures, chose the pictures. And then my bio is, I'm a simple girl. I like breakfast food and cats. And then there's like a space and then it says, Ginger's swipe right. Don't take me seriously, but take that serious, please. <laughs> because I really like gingers. I think they're so cute. I, I think it has something to do with Ron Weasley. I used to have a crush on him when I was little. I always swipe left on the guys who have like shirtless pictures. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's like you're such a tool. I know that sounds weird and hypocritical because here I am, the girl in the swimsuit in her picture, but the guy who has like just his six pack only, no face in the picture, just swipe left. Oh, okay. I don't think in my Tinder days I've come across no oh. any but like just abs. I mean, I've definitely seen the mirror selfie where there's one sh- one um, hand on the shirt and one hand on the phone type yeah, of thing. That's kind of awkward too. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about men taking pictures of themselves in the mirror. I don't take a picture of myself in the mirror. I don't want no one no. men do. So interesting. But so did you end up going out with people that had zero profile information and just good pictures? Yes. Okay. And was that generally a good idea or a bad idea? It was a good idea because you have a lot to talk about on the first date. That's true. Bad idea because they end up some being like really weird. Yeah. And you just, it's hard when they don't have a very good bio because you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. Why do you think they don't put bio information in there? I think some guys do it because they know it bugs girls. And it also intrigues girls. But I think some guys are just purely lazy. Most guys, let's be honest. Yeah. So. Do you think it's be- they're lazy because they're not actually looking for something real or they're just lazy in general? I think they're just not looking for something real. Okay. So what is the best Tinder profile that you've come across so far? Oh. Tinder profile. I think it was a guy with a puppy. And, I mean, that's so sad that it would just, like, be the one thing that gets me. But any guy with an animal melts my heart. I'm yeah. like, you're so cute. You with this animal. Or, like, guys who have fun pictures of them doing active stuff. Okay. So, nothing, like, particularly one guy that, like, wow. But Yeah, I can imagine you've probably seen... Yeah, I have, like, over 300 matches. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. Okay. How many hours do you think that you spend on Tinder every day? Ooh, maybe two and a half hours. Really? Okay. Is it before you go to bed or in yeah. the morning? or? It's kind of like when I'm bored. Well, so on my commute, to and from my commute, so that's an hour. And then on lunch break, so that's a half hour. And then probably before, yeah, right before I go to bed. So it's like another 30 minutes. Do you think you'll stick with it for a year? I don't know. I obviously, like, there's that double-edged sword where I obviously want to find someone. I really do want to find someone who to love again and be with. But I'm having a lot of fun. So it's like I want to end the experiment when I find someone right, but at the same time I'm having so much fun doing the experiment. So what is it that you're looking for exactly right now? 
someone who's mature, smart, kind of got their shit together, and someone who just makes me laugh. And I have so much stress in my life. I just want someone to just make me forget about that for a little bit. And just who knows how to cook, because I don't. (laughs) So if someone were to tell you, like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into the dating game, um, regardless of why it is, whether they've been single for a while or they just got dumped or something like that, what would you tell them about online dating? What kind of advice would you give them? Know what you want out of it. That sounds weird. And I guess that's kind of hypocritical because I'm not sure what I want out of it. But know, like, have an idea. So with all of your Tinder experience, what would you say about Tinder? Would you recommend that people use it or? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great way to meet new people. Have a lot of funny stories to tell your friends and to explore the city because they always take you to places you've never been or you can go to places you haven't. But I always like them to pick the place so I get to explore. And then you get a free meal out of it, usually over free drinks. So it's always like there's nothing bad about it. You get a few weirdos, but. So, I'm wearing this really pretty black top uh, and nice jeans and I'm like all kind of sweaty but still decked up. And I, I think, you know, hey, it'll be really cool to lean like this old film, uh, you know, actress when he comes down and I'll have my hair flying and all of that. So I'm leaning on this whitewashed wall. So he comes down, I'm looking, I'm seeing him for the first time in my life, first time. And he goes like, you have crap on your back. That was the first thing he said to me. (laughs) That was Palak. Palak and her husband, Sri, are both originally from India. Sri moved to the U.S. to attend college and continued working here after graduation, while Palak was living and working in Mumbai. They both decided that they were ready to find a serious romantic partner, so they enlisted the help of their parents and a popular dating website in India called Shadi.com. Interacting with people. And this common family friend um, suggested his name to my mom and said, you know, this is a great family. I know this great guy who settled in Chicago, uh, you know, really nice family. Pollock may like him because he's, you know, he has sort of the same interests. We know him. Both of us had profiles on Shadi.com, but we never used it. Um, So we went on each other's profile to check the other person out. Um, he actually didn't like my profile. No, <laughs> I didn't. I'll be I'll be absolutely honest. <laughs> didn't. I, I, it was just a profile. I mean, it could be anybody's profile. It wasn't Pollock's profile. You could. Oh. You know, there was nothing personal about it, which was <laughs> weird, right? I mean, she has a lot of personality. So, uh, but uh, I think at that point, you know, decided to give it a shot and started interacting with her through online mediums. I mean, Facebook. Uh, Gmail or Gtalk and then started talking to her started getting started getting to know her uh, as a person and I think at that point I think as we interacted and talked through our day-to-day lives and what we do for a living and who we interact with who our friends are and just knowing starting to know each other as a person was very important at that point and we were able to do that through online dating because it was an 
it was immensely easier. So obviously your family's helped you mm-hmm. meet through this yes. online dating site. So they encouraged you to use online dating? Yes. So yeah. they, in fact, told us to go the extra step. And um, I was hesitant to add him on my Facebook account mm-hmm. uh, only because you have pictures and you have personal posts. And I'm like, okay, what if he turns out to be a stalker, killer person, you know, initially? Uh, 10,000 miles away, but still right? stalker, killer. I was going to say, because you were in Chicago yeah, at the time and you were back in right? India. So no, yeah. not that there was a so, danger there. <laughs> <laughs> so my my mom actually told me, he, she's like, to his point, that your online dating profile sucks and it's bullshit. Whose mother said that? My mom said your that mo- to me. <laughs> so to your mother was point. giving you... Right. So dating advice. advice. <laughs> yeah. He, so she she was right and he was right because it, it wasn't good. So she he was, so her point was, how is he going to get to know your personality if you don't add him on Facebook? Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of let him in your circle, you know, limit the posts if you want. Break down the wall. Break down the wall. Kind of let him get to see the something apart from the two really straight photos that you uploaded on the website. Um, you know, stuff like that. So it was... Um, I think they encouraged us to get to know one another. Mm-hmm. So Shri and Palak had their families back them up and send them to each other, thinking they would be a compatible match. And obviously their profiles didn't wow each other at first. So I asked them what made the biggest difference in starting the relationship. And they said their first interaction really helped to break the ice. And this is how it went. His friend or family member uh pushed him to skype with me the first time so i was being the girl didn't want to initiate skype but i wanted to see him but i'm you know i was like so desperate if you know skype with me show me your face so i wanted him to initiate it and i all credit goes to that friend who was like you say you like this girl but you haven't you've only interacted via chat so you don't know what her face looks like when she's saying something or reacting to you Mm-hmm. So we Skyped. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that kind of led to a lot of ice breaking. Um, yeah. So it online. Which was online again. Again, right. online. So. Right. Yeah. Cause, I mean, so most of your communication was through these online mediums for, I mean, what? Six to eight months. Six to eight months? Yeah. Uh, but the first time I spoke to him, uh, and he, he, he said he felt the same way. It felt like I've known him my whole life, and I was just catching up with an old friend after a while. So it was the first time we were interacting. Yeah, it was it was very easy. It was very easy. It, it just flew. It was just like it was two and a half hours, and he's like, "Hey, you know what? Um, it's I almost sh- midnight. I should." And I'm like, "Really? Didn't we start talking at like nine? And he's like, "Yeah, I I gotta keep the phone." And I'm like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> and that that was that. So after their first interaction, it was clear that they were going to get along really well. That instant chemistry that they had was undeniable. So for about six months or so, they continued to talk every day. Palak said that she would send him pictures of the outfit that she was wearing that day so that they could see each other, and he would do the same for her. And I asked them if there was a breaking point in their relationship where they they really thought about, yes, this is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And they started to tell me about a vacation that Palak took to Rome. And while she was in Rome, there was obviously a lot of data issues and they weren't able to communicate every day throughout the day like they were used to. 
And Shri said that he could feel this void where he missed talking to her. He missed interacting with her. And he just knew. He knew that he didn't want to go one second, one more day, without telling Palak that he was in love with her and that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. And she felt the same way. So later on, after she had returned from her vacation, she came to India and they met for the first time in person. Although it wasn't exactly everything that they had hoped it would be. There was a lot of chaos happening during their first meeting. And this is what they said about that. Yeah, I mean, when we first met, I think it was quite a disaster. Oh, uh, big disaster. A big disaster. Yeah, it was quite a, uh, it was quite a disaster because... Uh, like like she mentioned, we lived in two different cities. So I flew to the city she lived in, but I wasn't very aware of where everything was. So she decided to come meet me. And long story short, she was like an hour late. Um, so there was a taxi strike. Strike. The day I decided to meet him. So uh, I get all dressed up and I've curled my hair and I've got all this makeup going and then I'm in the taxi um, and the taxi driver stops halfway in my commute commute, and says oh I just got a thing saying there's a strike and the union is protesting so you need to get down and I'm like I'm supposed to meet the potential husband and father of my future kids and you're telling me to get down what am I supposed to do? <laughs> So uh, he goes like, okay, so I try to find another form of public transport. 25 minutes later, I find another taxi who was a rebel to the union laws and decided to take me to where I needed to go. So I reached there half an hour late and I don't like being late. Um, And then uh, I'm waiting below his building and I call him and I'm like, you know, you want to let's come down and let's because he was in a different city. So, you know, it was, it just made sense for me to go where he was and then for us to go out. So the wall below his building had just recently been whitewashed. So I'm wearing this really pretty black top uh, and nice jeans and I'm like all kind of sweaty but still decked up. And I, I think, you know, hey, it'll be really cool to lean like this old film a, you know, actress, when he comes down and I'll have my hair flying and all of that. So I'm leaning on this whitewashed wall. So he comes down, I'm looking, I'm seeing him for the first time in my life. Like, first time. And he goes like, you have crap on your back. That was the first thing he said to me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was the first yeah, it was. words. So my first interaction, the first seven seconds of our relationship began with him patting down my ass and my back <laughs> to get the... Well, that's one way to get to know each other, I guess. Yep. Sure. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So yeah. how did you recover from that? What did we you... Didn't. We didn't. I don't think we have. <laughs> we haven't. We're, we're still... We're still together, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, you made it. Disaster after disaster. Oh, so the second thing that after he dusted me off, we decided to take the train... Uh, because of the taxi strike and we board the train compartment and there's a really famous Bollywood movie (laughs) shut up don't look at me there's a really famous Bollywood movie where the where the actor and actress fall in love love. on the train oh my so I'm like oh my god this is gonna be like the scene from that movie it's gonna be so romantic 
and we board the train and we're standing near one of those places which has the handlebars and the train gives a big jerk and I bang my head and black out for 10 seconds. Yeah, so it, that never happened oh, oh in that gosh. movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, so when we get down, he buys me the cheapest possible soda to revive me um, <laughs> because that was the only thing that was available. Um, and then we go to this another, and um, we go to another restaurant uh, where he had visited six years ago. Um, and at that point, the pool area and the pool bar was open to the public and now it no longer was. So we're like covered in whitewash, kind of dizzy. sporting an injury, dizzy, walking over to the pool area, and I'm like, okay, now it's going to be romantic. You can see the sea, the sunset, beautiful. We sit down, they're like, excuse me, sir, you're not allowed to be here. So we get up <laughs> and we head over. So at that point, I kind of look back and I'm happy that happened because all possible ice was br broken by that point. So Palak and Shree have this ridiculous, crazy, horrifyingly disastrous first date, and it couldn't have been more perfect for them because... Two days later, they were engaged to be married, and they knew it was really quick, but at the same time, they both knew that this was the next step. This was what felt right, and it's what made sense. When I met him, it was like I knew him for the last... It was like I was dating him for the last 10 years, and marriage was the next obvious step. And that, I think, was very rare for both of us, yeah. but both of us felt that. Like, when we, when we met each other... It was like, yeah, I, I know you, I love you, let's get married. It, it it just seemed so weird to a lot of people, including our friends, who were like, you saw her or met her on the 7th of December and you got engaged on the 11th. Isn't that, too, like, isn't that a recipe for disaster? Isn't that like horrible surprises will come your way and you're going to break up? It's been four years and nothing. And, and also, I mean, it horrible surprises, I mean, no surprises are horrible surprises, now you take it. Uh, it's any relationship, right? It needs adjustments. And if if the basics are right and you love the person, then you make those adjustments. It's pretty easy. That about does it for part one of episode two. Be sure to check out part two, the experiment episode, where I talk about some online dating experiments that I concocted, and I'll chat with my friend Daniel while he swipes on Tinder for the first time. His reactions are hilarious. You don't want to miss it. Follow us on Twitter at The K Podcast and like us on Facebook to stay updated on new episodes and exclusive content. Use the hashtag LoveTweetLove to share your comments about the episode or funny dating stories of your own, and I'll share them in our next episode. I'd like to thank all of my guests for sharing their stories because without them, this show would not be possible. If you want to hear more from our guests, Visit our website at www.thekpodcast.com to see their bios and listen to their full-length interviews. If you'd like to share your dating stories with Kay, we want to hear about them. Whether it's completely embarrassing, disgustingly romantic, or just downright average, we want to know about it. Visit www.thekpodcast.com slash datinglife to submit your story. The music in this episode was provided by royalty-free music from Ben Sound. And the entire episode was edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Chelsea Ray, and until next time, we'll talk to you later. Okay? Okay.